at this year's Delaware Republican Convention, uh, Jane Brady uh, ran to be uh, the chair of the GOP again, and she had very, very tough competition from Julianne Murray, who won the election. And Jane has done, I think, some, some great work over the last few years really expanding the Republican brand here in Newcastle County, where it's so hard for Republicans to uh, to win anything, and in Wilmington. Awesome job with the town halls she was doing. We're going to get to that as well. But, you know, she was also state attorney general for about 10 years, uh, judge in Superior Court for about a dozen years. Let me make sure I got that right, because I'm working off of memory. And I thought, you know, it would be great to have a recap, and then what's next with uh, Jane Brady. So, Jane, thanks for being on. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate so, did I get those numbers fairly right? Yeah, I, I was elected three terms as attorney general, but a year before the end of my third term, I was appointed to the bench. So I served 11 years as attorney general and, and then 12 as a judge. And and for how, uh, how many years as chair of the Republican Party? Four. Yeah. And, and and that's always kind of dicey because uh, there's always people who are very unhappy with anybody, no matter what kind of job they do. <laughs> and and I we saw well, some we, well, we I'm saw in races in Delaware. We, we saw growth, though, uh, Jane. I mean, while you were here, yeah. we saw growth in uh, Republican turnout in this, you know, what I sadly call the indelibly blue state of Delaware. We saw growth not just in Sussex and uh, I saw some incredible uh, growth in Kent County, but also here in Newcastle County, which is so uh, so blue and so Democrat, um, your town halls seem to bring out people uh, of all parties because there are people who are Democrats as well as Republicans who don't want mandated electric cars and, and such. And you saw some uh, really great turnout for that, didn't you? We had over a thousand people at the def- at the five Town halls that we had, yep, we yeah. had very good turnout. Uh, what? what yeah, a, we were very excited about that. And and, and as we reflect a little bit uh, on your term here as uh, chair of the Republican Party, what about the growth of Republican voters in Newcastle County and, and Wilmington? A bit of a challenge, but uh, do you see some uh, some light at the end of that particular tunnel? Yeah, we fielded more candidates uh, than ever upstate this past election, and many of them want to run again and. You know, you build up a voter base, a donor base that helps you. You get better at making the speeches and answering questions and knowing the issues. And so I have some hope for us in some of the local state legislative races up there uh, in the next cycle. I really do. We have great candidates um, who want to run again, and I'm excited about that. So uh, what is next for you? Well, actually, I got an offer over the weekend and uh, met lunch for lunch Monday and accepted a position. I'm going to be co-chair of A Better Delaware with Chris Kenny. Really? Now, for people who don't know, yeah. uh, Chris is uh, he, he's, he's not really fond of uh, being face forward in the media. You know, and, and I've talked to him uh, and mm-hmm. I, I've invited him on the show. He says, you know, I'm just uh, I'm not that guy. And I, think I said, well, you know, Chris, Chris is he's. Uh, let me just say he's clean and articulate. Is is that inappropriate to say? Yeah. <laughs> but he really is. Uh, he's a great guy. He's uh, he's very very knowledgeable and, and understands so much of the policies that go on here in in Delaware. I, I always thought he'd be an excellent candidate for governor, but you know he doesn't see himself. I, I think as as uh, as being in that role. So he has this great nonprofit organization that is based 
here in the Wilmington area, and the focus is on education regarding specific policies, isn't it? It is. It's on their six areas of policy that they've taken on and uh, worked with uh, really well with the business community. Chris is smart in yeah. the business uh, world. He, he really has a very good sense of things, and he knows how government policies impact business and impact families. He's got a lot of employees, and he sees what happens with government policies, particularly as they become more regulatory and more restrictive, and not just to his business, but to the families of the people that work for him. And so um, we've talked many times, obviously, over the last several years, and um, uh, met and and talked about, you know, commiserated, uh, worked um, uh, in educated legislators on issues. I've been a go-between for some of that informational uh, persuasion uh, with our caucuses. And um, and I think it's going to be a great fit. You know, I got my MBA a few years ago at the University of Delaware and uh, was planning, actually, to try and get on a board of directors of a for-profit company. As you know, I've helped a lot of nonprofits over the years. And um, when the opportunity to service, <laughs> opportunity to service party chair was uh, thrust under my nose, I knew Republican Republican Party needed some help, so I agreed to do it, um, and I found it really, uh, I think, really rewarding. I, I did a lot of hard work, and I think we've made gains. But um, I've always had an interest in business, and so this is a really exciting opportunity for me. What are the six policies that a better Delaware focuses on? Well, there's health care policy and business regulation and uh, other aspects uh, of, of that. I, I don't have them right in front no, of me. No, I understand. Um, but I've looked at them. Uh, but, but I educated these... myself over the weekend. I went to their website and made sure I knew, you know, what they what they were all about um, before I uh, said yes and, and met with Chris and uh, talked well, the, to him about it. Well, that's another thing, too. I mean, if you know Chris uh, and, and you know the kind of guy he is, you, you just sit there and say, oh, yeah, I'd love to work with you. Because... Uh, you know how he works. You know how his family operates, and uh, they are extraordinarily, yeah, they're mm-hmm. very, very generous. As a matter of fact, but uh, he's, you know, I've had some conversations with him, and and I find him just, you know, he's kind of laid back. But then when you touch on something that really uh, matters to him, um, like you know tax schemes and things like that, right, right. man. Next thing you know, uh, you, you want to take notes. I, I'm thinking like, okay, professor, let me sit down and take some notes. He is like that. Yes, he yeah. is so well informed, unbelievable. So, um, and, you know, accountability in government—that's another aspect that we've been talking about. Energy, of course, and the mm-hmm. whole. Uh, the, we partner a lot. The Better Delaware partners a lot with the uh, Caesar Rodney Institute on those education you mentioned. Um, and so, you know, the economy, workforce, health, um, education. I'm, I'm remembering them now. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> you caught me off guard. Well, of course I did. That's what I do. <laughs> and then people catch me off guard You're too. A yeah, I know. Well, you, sort of. You, you're successful by how many people you catch off guard each day, right? Well, I don't know. I don't really. I, I, unlike newspaper reporters, I don't judge my success uh, based upon the scalps that uh, that I 
I get. Um, and, and that's how they win awards. Uh, no, I, I look, I just, I just try to, you know, I'd like to have people like you on, people with whom I disagree as well on a number of different things, just to try to get uh, more understanding of things for my listeners and my audience and for myself as well. I mean, we talk about education, for example, and I know that a Better Delaware is really focused on education. I know that uh, Chris knows folks at the Rodell Foundation. I know that uh, he's very involved, and he knows folks at the Department of Education. And, I mean, he just he just meets with mm-hmm. everybody. And, and But I wonder, I wonder out loud, and, and I don't know if there's any hope for education here in Delaware. We, we take a look at the lockdowns, and it took our failing public education system even into deeper abyss, where now, if you look at our national testing scores, we are, as a state, fourth from the bottom. Fourth from the bottom in results for kids. We have a majority of kids who don't read. Look, the, the way I look at um, at these scores is if, if 72% of our kids fail um, these reading tests in a particular grade, then I feel like we've got 72% that just can't read. And I realize they, they frame it in such a way as saying, that, well, uh, they're not proficient. Well, what does proficient mean? I've always felt proficient means good enough to get a job or, or good enough, yeah, good enough to read to another kid or something like that, you know? Is there any hope that because of the bureaucracies and the money and the billions of dollars and all the politics and everything around public education, uh, right now, it seems to be just this web of failure, everybody trying to please everybody else but and, and not helping the kids succeed. I know it's for the Secretary of Education, it's very, very frustrating. He'd like to see the kids succeed. Is there hope for public schools, or does there need to be a dramatic change in uh, in the whole structure? Well, I think that um, there are a couple of things. First, we have really good candidates for school board coming out this time, and um, you know, a lot of information is on the uh, Citizens for Delaware Schools website. You can find out about that. The uh, election is May 9th. Everybody should go out and vote yeah. for the school board candidates that matter to them. Uh, but also, um, I think that there's movement in the city. And um, the city has gotten a short, short change. They've been shortchanged on education forever um, in many respects. Um, you know, there's no neighborhood such thing as having neighborhood for a lot of people who either don't have the resources or don't have the time to travel uh, to new and different schools every three years for their kids um, and uh, would prefer to have them educated, especially at younger ages, closer to home. Um, I think that um, there's a movement toward uh, realigning uh, some of the districts uh, in the city. There's also, um, I think, opportunity for us to challenge the funding um, and uh, school choice, or at least within the public school system, allowing the students to pick their school. And that creates an opportunity for teachers to be more creative and innovative. It's an incentive for principals to give the teachers the, the flexibility to do that, for the Department of Education to give the teachers who have proven they can make a difference the ability to continue to do that and not abide by strict regulations. And uh, and so I'm hopeful that at least not school choice in the sense that we, I don't know if we can get it passed that would let kids take money to the private and parochial schools, but school choice that would let kids pick their school, their parents pick their school, and the money would follow them within the public school system as a step to see if that works. But school choice has to be a part of any plan going forward because it creates competition and the incentives to be creative and excel. If you're going to just sell that to 
like the big school union and and the department and, and all that. There's the challenge. You I know. think we have to sell it to the legislators. And and many of the legislators who have historically uh, opposed school choice have, have kids living in their district who are failing. Miserably. And we've made that very clear. I don't think there's a legislator who can claim they don't know how bad the public schools are. If you look at the Department of Education's website, they give themselves a failing grade. Somebody has to take action, and I believe it will happen in the legislature. Yeah. Parents need to demand that action. Oh, no, no. I mean, I'm voting in the, in the school board elections, and, uh, for example, I'm in red clay. And and uh, when, I, when I look at, uh, you know, some of these people, I think, well, what I want to know is, is somebody going to be open and, and creative when it comes to, uh, to education? Will they defend the parents as opposed to simply uh, circle the wagons and defend the, you know, the bureaucracy in themselves? So those are the things that, that I'm looking for. It's hard to discern that. But, uh, for example, you know, me personally, uh, Carly Chu. Carly Chicuelo is uh, is somebody that uh, that mm-hmm. I, I'd be looking at, and uh, and John Shuley. I mean, these are you know folks that yep. uh, that that I would that I'm going to say. You know what? Uh, these are the ones who I believe uh, are going to be more open to uh, to different ideas for education than those who are you know married to the bureaucracy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think uh, you say it's hard to know. Everybody, go to this uh, little nonprofit that just started. Nancy Mercante is great. Uh, it's called Citizens for Delaware Schools. That organization asks the questions that really matter to most people who care about excellence in, in academics and parental engagement and how we're spending our money. They ask the kinds of questions that you want to know the answers to. Go to their website, Center, uh, excuse me, Citizens for Delaware Schools, and Look them up because they did a questionnaire to all the school board candidates. Some didn't respond, and it says no response. But the ones who did, and most of the ones, almost every district has someone who did, um, you can read what they say and decide, and then you can know mm-hmm. that that's a candidate you can support. Yeah, you look at some of these uh, these questions. Uh, for example, you know, an open-ended question. What are your priorities? And... Uh, mm-hmm. And, and they want, and, and you know, what we're looking for is uh, orderly and safe classrooms, greater involvement and outreach with parents, and, uh, and, and by the way, curriculum fo- focused on the three R's, you know, not necessarily social experiments. So those are the kinds of things that, right. that people are looking for, and a lot of parents are looking for, too. And they may be afraid to say so out loud, because uh, when you say something like this out loud, often you're shut it down, you're called names. And, uh, and and the mob comes after you online and all that. Now, there are some brave people who will speak out and say, well, this is what I think is important for kids in school. So you need to have strong school me- school board members as well, the school board members who say, well, we're just not going to uh, use the school board as a uh, a device of protection. You know, I- I'd love to see... Social engineering. Yeah, and, and, but I'd like to see opportunities uh, for parents to sit down with the uh, the superintendent who often asks... Um, people, why they want to talk to the school board, because they're often the secretary of the school board. And I've been told by people that mm-hmm. they wanted to speak to the school board 
uh, not just in a, a formal setting where the school board's not allowed to respond, but wanted to actually speak to a school board in a setting wherein the school board would respond and, and they could have an open conversation. And uh, in a couple of districts, I've been told by people that they felt that the superintendent blocked them as secretary. And I'm thinking, well, maybe we need to be having uh, more of these town halls with school boards wherein, uh, you know, there's decorum, there is order. And and okay. school board members actually okay, respond. Yeah, they actually engage. Yeah, and, you know and, what? It, it's so frustrating to see. I've gone to Red Clay and to Christina school board meetings, and then I've gone to other districts like Cape and and uh, Indian River and um, Clinic as well. And you see a very big difference actually in the way that the boards respond or don't. Um, at least there's some. Uh, give and take uh, with some of the other districts. But in the others, it's like the school board is against the public. They sit there, you get you get to say something, you're warned, you're not going to get any response, just we're only here to hear what you have to say, as opposed to engage with you and have a conversation about an issue you have and maybe come to resolution. That's the way it should work, and that's not the way it does work. And um, I think it's just wrong to have that be the only engagement the public gets with the school board once they're elected. Um, And I think it would be uh, a good uh, opportunity. Uh, Citizens for Delaware Schools hosted, as you know, we helped them, the three uh, academic town halls, school board, uh, school uh, education town halls. Um, And they were pretty successful. Not as many people as we would have liked, but uh, we did get information out. They did get information out before the election and everything and feature the candidates. But I think that um, and we've talked about having a student town hall and let the kids come. And I think the school board ought to attend and hear what the kids have to say. You know, it's, um, it's interesting. We've got uh, we, we, we've got a, a far left, in my opinion, far left Democrat uh, here in our you know, state legislature. And I, I'm afraid maybe some others who agree that want 16-year-olds to be able to vote in school board elections. And I'm thinking, uh, not a good idea, especially if you have 16-year-olds who don't even know the three branches of government. And by the way, 16-year-olds are already allowed to attend board meetings. And mm-hmm. and we also have Democrats here who want to pass a bill that would allow school boards to raise property taxes without a referendum, something that we're not used to at all here in the state of Delaware. So that's kind of all seems to tie in. You get 16-year-olds to vote. Uh, the teachers saying, hey, I don't want to lose my job. We have to raise your taxes without mom and dad being able to vote on it. And they can actually get all the other kids together and say, hey, we have to vote for this person for school board. They vote for school board. Your taxes uh, go up without you having real representation in that. And then you have a movement of Democrats nationally saying, hey, you know, we've got places in this country where 60-year-olds can vote for school board. They should be able to vote for president, too. That is indeed, in my mind, that, that seems to be the trend and, and is the plan here. And I don't think it's good for America. And I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Well, the same people who are arguing that we should have younger people voting are the same people who argue that, um, people aren't to be held accountable for their behavior until they're 25 or 26 because their brain is still developing. I know that's that's a re- even- and that was articulated a couple of Democrat bills and it's uh, it's remarkable, Jane. It's remarkable that they would yeah. uh, they would do yeah. that. Well, good luck. I wish you well in this new enterprise at uh, a better Delaware.
Yep, I'm excited about it, and I'll be in touch. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Jane Brady, for many, many years, okay. uh, Superior Court Judge here in Delaware, also State Attorney General, Chair of the GOP, and now uh, no longer Chair of the GOP. She's going to be working with a better Delaware, and I think she's going to work for us and hopefully make it a better Delaware.